Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Do you actually care about what these athletes do off the field, off the court? Do you really concern yourself with your favorite team if the players have quote-unquote character issues? I'll give you the chance to tell me today. Stone Labanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. This is a sick, sick day. A very sick day. Um, first day of March. First day of Women's History Month. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Ken Lavica live. Ken Lavica is out. Big Teddy Takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. Subbing in today. You can see me on TV tonight as well, 10 and 11. Check us out. It is a, this is a, a ridiculous day not just because of all of the news that keeps coming out but I don't even know how to conceptualize marginalize I can't figure out how to even attack just the 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 just raw amount of stuff that has already happened and it's just it's just now noon it's just noon Stone Labanowitz you're here with me today and and obviously you're running the board you're going to be on the ones and twos Aaron Rodgers gave a huge announcement today Aaron Rodgers on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, let us know that he'll make a decision soon enough. So many Aaron Rodgers quotes came out this morning, and we might not even get to talking about Aaron Rodgers, a guy that we've obsessed over for the past three, four months, every single offseason, until maybe even the second hour. It's crazy. Stone, we have an Aaron Rodgers update, and that's not even the news of the day. It is getting pushed back, right? It kind of just goes to show how much content we do have, right? If you've been listening to ESPN Radio up until this point, you've heard about Aaron Rodgers. You've heard about Jalen Carter. But that's where we want to start because it is Combine Week. Tomorrow is when everything kicks off. Mm. And, of course, as always, happens at the same time every year. Yep. A bomb gets dropped on a certain player, and, oh, yeah, his life is ruined and the whole place is burning to the ground. So here we are today on a, on a Wednesday. You can you can set your clock to it. You can set your watch to it. Um, annually around combine time, it either happens during the combine process when you have all of that concentration of media in Indianapolis for this event that's somewhat of a reunion. Uh, you got NFL GMs. You got coaches out there. They're all getting to look at these players, but they're also socializing, talking trades, and talking NFL rumors. And then things like this morning happen where it's – it's not it trades. It's not off-season movement. It's actually just another addition to a very tragic story that we learned about in January. So for those that don't know about what's happening here, Jalen Carter is one of the best prospects in the NFL draft. Defensive lineman for the University of Georgia Bulldogs, the two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, Jalen Carter, a stone, I believe you said, number one on Mel Kuyper's big board. Yeah, Mel Kuyper Jr.'s number one overall draft prospect, projecting in everybody's mock to go number one if it's not a quarterback. Right, so he'll, he will likely be the first position player picked outside of quarterback. Right now, of course, the Chicago Bears marketing that number one pick to trade out of it, likely to get somewhere to pick a guy like Jalen Carter. Supposed to be a franchise-altering dude. I mean, the next big disruptor on the defensive line, a big-time force. But... What we learned this morning is all of that might be put on the back burner. Story out of ESPN News Services. You know it's a serious story. You know it's really breaking news when ESPN.com doesn't even put a writer, a staff writer on the byline. It says (laughs) ESPN News Service. That's how you know it's real stone. And that's how you know there were 20 hands on deck in this case. I mean, at that point, 40 hands on deck. Either that or, to be honest with you, a press report, a press release from the police uh, department. And, and let's just dig right into it. The police have secured arrest warrants for former Georgia star Jalen Carter stemming from the top NFL draft prospects' alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving a teammate. The athens Clark County Police Department announced Wednesday that Carter will be arrested for reckless driving and racing. The announcement comes hours after the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that Carter was present at the scene of the January 15th crash 
and later provided shifting accounts of the wreck to police. Now, people that don't remember this, of course, just following after the uh, University of Georgia uh, celebrated their back-to-back national championships, beating TCU in a a whopping fashion, um, following that celebration at Sanford Stadium, uh, Devin Wilcock, offensive lineman for the Bulldogs, and a staff member or recruiting coordinator, Chandler LaCroix, were killed in an accident. Police were, and this is according to the ESPN.com article that you can check out right now that has been ever-evolving. When I first read it, it was shorter. It's been everything's getting added. There might be even more details right now. But it says in this article that police initially reported it as a single vehicle accident. So following the celebration, and, and this was one of the stories that maybe even didn't get as much light because it was really right in the aftermath of that Georgia National Championship. A young man and a young woman lost their lives in a what we believed at the time was a single vehicle accident. Um, and later on did find out that LaCroix, who was a recruiting coordinator for the University of Georgia Bulldogs, had a blood alcohol concentration that was .197, which is twice the legal limit of in the Georgia uh, state at the time of the crash, according to uh, the police. Now, here's the, the key part and the key reason why Jalen Carter is now going to be arrested. I mean, Stone, he was supposed to be, and again, this is supposed to be a franchise-altering guy, a disruptor in the middle of the field, uh, a guy that teams are willing to maybe even, I wouldn't say trade up for, but taking the first few picks even over a quarterback. Jalen Carter was supposed to be talking to the media in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis today. Yeah, he was. And let alone talking to the media, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, he was going to run all the drills. Yeah. He was going to put on display you know, the years and years and years of effort that he's put into crafting, you know, his skill and the dream that he has. And here we are 24 hours before that. All of that is being sidelined now because now he, again, being arrested or going to be arrested. There are arrest warrants out for Jalen Carter for reckless driving and racing. What police later found out, and this is also outlined in the ESPN.com article, the 2021 Ford Expedition driven by LaCroix, which was the recruiting coordinator, was traveling at about 104 miles per hour shortly before the crash. Carter himself first told police he heard the crash at a nearby apartment and then came later to find out what happened. Now, it's also important to note here in the story, police officers did not believe Carter himself had been drinking, but later evidence has come out that Jalen Carter top prospect was showed evidence of racing alongside of LaCroix and Wilcock who ended up crashing and dying. Jalen Carter's vehicle obviously made it safely to where he was going. He was able to return to the scene later on. And then he then also gave two different reports to police. At one point, Jalen Carter, according to this article, told police he heard the crash. And at another point, he admitted to police that he was driving alongside and behind them before the crash happened and left the scene before any first responders came. So therein lies the the issue right now within sports at all levels. Fans of, of teams in every sport generally have to deal with this morality issue. Do you feel like you can root for a team that drafts that you know, in any way employs front office and on the playing field, a person who's known to have quote unquote character issues. Now here with Jalen Carter, this stuff still has to go through the court system. It's not like he's guilty today and all of it is against him. Like no telling how all of this plays out right now. What we do know today is Jalen Carter has arrest warrants out for him for his involvement in what ended up being two young people losing their lives and what police believe were them racing vehicles alongside Jalen Carter. That, that to me, hours before the, the draft combine, really kind of starting up with interviews, and then the day before the uh, workouts begin, and again, NFL combine, you know, you can catch that starting tomorrow, NFL Network, 3 p.m., defensive linemen were first up with the linebackers. Jalen Carter was supposed to be doing that, supposed to be performing, like you said, Stone was supposed to be on a job interview, and instead might find himself in police custody. That right there further illuminates the great morality debate that fans have to face themselves in the mirror with on a daily basis. I mean, we see it, we've seen it this year with Cleveland Browns fans. We've seen it 
every single year with fans of several teams. Are you willing to root for confidently and support a team that has a guy that has quote unquote bad character problems? I don't know. Stone, to you reading this report, seeing this from ESPN.com, and also kind of knowing we can get to what Todd McShay said a month ago or two months ago, and it was also ahead of this crash, so it's kind of unrelated, but I'm sure people that were siding with Todd McShay back when he reported on ESPN what felt like unsolicited that Jalen Carter was going to have character issues sprue up around the draft. Maybe there's some kind of validity to what he was saying. I don't know if this proves it, but to you, Stone, when you read this, do you read this as a guy like Jalen Carter being one of those guys that should be labeled, quote-unquote, a, a bad character guy, a bad locker room guy now? Hell no. Okay. My, my simple answer is hell no. I, I think this is more sad than anything. right? I am around Jalen Carter's age. I'm sure he's a year or two younger than I am. So a lot of the things from a social life standpoint, like we share, like what he was doing in that, of course, like we're not going to sit here in line and say, you know, you haven't raced side by side with your buddies. Now drinking, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Right, that kind of just adds to the danger and the situation that they were in. But it really hurts me because you have a kid whose name is going to be used a lot by a bunch of strangers, right? I mean, just go ahead, open up the Twitter app and go ahead, listen to some of those it's, takes it's by some of those right people. It, 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 and, it's terrible. And there's people celebrating. We'll play the sound for you uh, a little in a little bit, but people celebrating Todd McShay for what he said in yeah. December ahead of this crash that happened in January. And it's weird that they're trying to dunk on Jalen Carter now. He still lost a teammate. He still lost a friend, I'm sure, in that staffer for Georgia. Yeah, and I think where my mind goes inevitably with this is back to when Jalen was a little child, right? Obviously, I don't know him, but we all chase the same dream when you're four, five, six years old when you first throw on a pair of football pads. What Jalen's been able to accomplish at Georgia, downright leading his team to the, uh, the pinnacle of where you can be in the sport collegiately, Jalen's done that, right? He has got on everybody's radar, and he's the number one overall draft prospect, but to go through your entire life, to get to the University of Georgia, to wake up every morning at 6, lift mm. these weights, get your body to where it needs to be, the hundreds of hours of community service, going to elementary schools and reading books, stuff that I did as well, stuff that all college athletes do, this now goes unnoticed because of this one singular mistake. He slips up once, and he's done. Now, we don't know if he's done. That's all speculation. Right, right. And this is the thing, too, to clarify just for people wondering what kind of trouble he's in, again, Police are arresting him now for reckless driving and racing. If the, if the article is true as well, then he may have lied to police on the night of the accident. So he obviously has some very serious things coming to him. I'm not sure if they're serious enough for his career to be done already, but it's, it's, it's red flag material, and it's also legal problems he's going to have to have before he even gets in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and it's really tough to wrap my mind around it, right? Because now you're going to have parents around the country telling their kids... It takes one mistake. Yeah. It takes one mistake. But with that being said, now we're neglecting everything that he's accomplished beforehand. We're not even going to speak about it. Now, I feel really some type of way out because I'm just now out of that life of having to do community service, having to inspire thousands. And in Jalen Carter's instance, yeah. hundreds of thousands of yeah. lives, right? Not only grown men and grown women, but children in the state of Georgia and around the country because these guys are on the biggest stage with the brightest light. So, I hate that we're going to hear it takes one mistake. I've already gotten those text messages from some of my elders. Like, hey, you know. You the know, elders group chat. For sure. Gotta- for sure. Like mother, father, whatever it yeah. is. And, and a lot of kids are being hit with it right now in college sports, right? Receiving texts from their mother and father saying, hey, it only takes one thing for you to do to ruin your entire life. And in Jalen Carter's instance, it's just happened, right? It's popped up right in front of our face. So for me, the word I would use is sad. And I guess ultimately to answer the question right off the bat before we open it up to callers and the audience out there. No, I don't knock anybody for their off-field behavior. There are times where it goes to the wayward, like an Antonio Brown, Mm. right? when these guys lose their mind, like a Kanye West. Like those guys, it's harder to root for, for some of the things that they do and some of the things that they say. But this, no, because everybody listening right now, no matter the age, has done exactly what Jalen Carter did in this instance, didn't get caught for it, and is still going to speak on it. And that part to me is disgusting. It. the sad part, and I guess you can't say everybody has done it because honestly, I've never, I've always been afraid of speeding or racing car. I've ne- my thing when I hop in a car, I'm point A to point B. I'm not <laughs> trying to get any style points. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I just need to get there because I, I'm maybe I'll admit it. I'm a scaredy cat. I don't want to, you know, have any kind of issues that sprawl up that can happen when you're racing. So that's not me. 
But yes, everybody's made bad mistakes. Allow me, uh, allow me to have the floor to clean up my PR too. Right? Yeah, yeah. You just said that Stone, you race cars and you speed. No, I'm a goody two shoes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So when I first got my driver's license, the first three speeding tickets in the first month. Yeah. Have not had a speeding ticket since, right? I don't. I get made fun of for going five over and put my thing on cruise control. That's me. So, yeah, we're the same guy. We are the same guy. So it's funny how you said, "Okay, you're the guy who speeds recklessly," but no, I drive safe. No. no, I drive really safe. It's just that, you know, when we're twenty years old, twenty one years old, twenty two years old, right? And you're on your college campus or you're in your hometown, and you have to go. Whatever the case is, right? You get a brand new car. When go pick up a Nissan. Let me see how fast this puppy goes, right? Very similar situation that a lot of us have been through. Now, I, I, I did slip up and say all of us, <laughs> yeah, but I do feel that way. I do feel that people, way. A lot of people, I am in the mi- minority because also, again, I've never hopped in a car and thought, how fast can this thing go? <laughs> All I think is, loser. How, how can I safely get from here <laughs> to there? And you know what? It's been working out for me so far. You and hear also, that, partners of Theodore's? Yeah. You hear that? I'm a safe guy. He's a safe guy. <laughs> Invest your money in this guy. You, look, I'm not gonna, you're not going to have to worry about that problem. There's other <laughs> problems. Trust me, there's going to be other problems. Not that. Not that one at all. Jalen Carter, though, this this is also, and I, and I hate to even try to, yes, of course, we're having a good time. This is also sad. This is also an extremely sad story for Jalen Carter because what can't get lost in all of this is, for him, there might be some survivor's guilt, right? He might feel a morsel if, if what we're reading here in the ESPN.com article is true. Some kind of guilt for, I mean, if the article is true, again, it says he was racing with his buddies after celebrating a national championship win, back-to-back national titles, racing with his buddies, and for them to then get in a fatal accident and both of them died, um, it, the offensive lineman, Devin Wilcock, died on the scene. Chandler LaCroix, the staffer for Georgia, would die later on. For, for that to happen and him to have to not only deal with that the same night he was celebrating his national championship game, but then also have that haunting him every day since December, what whatever that was, since, I'm sorry, January 15th was the day of the crash. But since January, all the way up to this combine day, and then the day before the biggest job interview of his life for Jalen Carter, he has this come up. Arrest warrants out for Jalen Carter, ex-Georgia star and NFL draft prospect. It is, it is sad and it's troubling. Now, I'm not absolving him of any blame that they might find him to be culpable for. Right. But I am also saying, again, like you were just saying, this is a young guy. How, how old is Jalen Carter? 22 years old. 22-year-old guy who was looking to be one of the future faces of the NFL. He was going to be drafted to be one of the future superstars in the NFL. And just ahead of that, for all of this to come out, and he have to relive that, relive leaving the scene once and coming back two hours later, relive his buddy no longer being able to breathe, share laughs with him, high five, celebrate with him. Like, this is also extremely sad. And I think what hurts the most for me is when you open up some of these social media apps, the age of people that are now speaking about a 22-year-old, that hurts for me to look at. Like, you have grown men yeah. coming down on this kid who's 22, and these grown men are, are not popular enough for us to know what they did when they were 22. So it's super unfair. The scale here is now just way off balance because there are no holds barred when it comes to speaking on this and using this, which a lot of coaches are going to do, as a teaching moment for a mm. lot of their teams. And what makes me sick about it all is the ones who are using it as teaching moments have done stuff like this and now hold this up and use it as advice, which I guess in the grand scheme of things is good, right? You're going to teach this, this, this youth the yeah. right way to go about things and how important it is to, to stay in a straight line and not make any of these mistakes, but I just have a problem with the, I don't want to say uncensoring of Twitter, but just the, the, the right of speech, just to throw anything you want in a 22-year-old kid. Like, this kid can't go out and go grab a donut from the coffee shop. This kid can't go to McDonald's in the drive. Like, his life now has changed forever. Yeah. And he's only 22 years old. That, to me, makes me sick. And a newsflash, his life changed forever January 15th when the crash happened. Yep. So it's like now it's just continuing. That nightmare continues for Jalen Carter. And... And that's kind of where we need to begin because now since this has happened to him, this is always going to be something that carries with him for the rest of his NFL career. They're always going to point back to this. If anything flares up, if there's any trouble, if there's any sign of any negativity around him, people are going to resort back to talking about how he allegedly fled a scene where two people he was allegedly speeding with crashed and died. So I ask you now, as a sports fan, 
as a fan of your team, maybe you're sitting at home, you're a huge New York Giants fan, you're a huge Commanders fan, huge Dolphins fan. For me, I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Does it matter to you if there are character or off-the-field issues with players that come and play for your team? Is there a is there a balance for you? Is there a line? Is it is it more so like, hey, if you're a marginal role player, I want those guys to be clean cut, no issues. But if you're a superstar, if you can change the trajectory of my favorite franchise, I'm all in on you being whatever it is off the field as long as you deliver. And I have to be honest with myself and you all today, for the most part for me, for the most part, quote unquote character issues, not a problem for me for a guy playing for my favorite sports franchise. I, I, there's certain ones. I mean, it's always got to be case by case when you're dealing with a guy like Absolutely. me. I'm not one of those extreme left or right guys. I, I like to find myself in the middle with a lot of these things and take a time to have some nuance with each of these discussions. A guy like Deshaun Watson, I already opened up and admitted back then when I was a Panthers fan, I would have loved to see him play for, for the Panthers. A guy like Deshaun Watson showed us a whole Cleveland Browns franchise and fan base paraded, celebrated for this dude, was was on hands and knees waiting on him to show up week 11 after Jacoby Brissett's stint was done. We've seen it from Browns fans. They immediately compartmentalized what Deshaun Watson was alleged uh, or was uh, accused of doing, and we still have to technically say since the court system didn't you know, pan out the way that people assumed it might go. Deshaun Watson already showed us how mo- many NFL fans feel about guys who have off the field, off the court issues. I'm asking you, what do you think? Do red flags, do character issues make you not want to root for a guy or root for your team if they acquire that player? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Are you concerned with what guys on your favorite team are doing off the field or do you not care at all as long as they perform? I can tell you right now, there's guys in the NFL all up and down these rosters and NBA, and NHL, and Major League Baseball, and in golf, who have things in their past that are troubling when you read about them. I mean, Miami Dolphins fans, this offseason, you guys got Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't know if you guys have searched through Google. I don't know I don't know how much you guys recall some of the even recent stuff with Tyreek Hill. It's a little troubling. There's people right now, Brett Favre, even through his career in post, People swear by Brett Favre. Stone Labanowitz, you're a big Brett Favre guy. Grew up loving Brett Favre. Fat heads and all, right? Rookie cards and everything. He was my idol growing up. So it's, it's tough. It, but here's the thing. It's not necessarily tough to root for him from a player's perspective. And then here's something to, to, to just for perspective. Even when he was flashing his junk at reporters in locker rooms and stuff? like I have nothing to do with this grown-ass man's life. Or sending pictures. I'm sorry. That was a different guy. Nothing to do with this grown-ass. My neighbor man. sends junk pics, right? I have no clue. And that's right. kind of where I'm going with this. For the guys that you root for that you think are clean, that you, that you idolize and that you think have done nothing wrong, they have, you just don't know about it. So you're blindly backing somebody and considering to yourself that you're following the correct moral blueprint that yeah. you have come up learning to craft. Well, that's all a, a, a lie. Everybody has stuff underneath. Everybody has stuff that they've done in their past that they regret and they never to want to get out. Yeah. But it now... The way social media is, the way the news are, like this stuff gets out. So there's really no hiding from it at this point. But I do have a problem with a lot of the things that are going to be said. I feel some type of way about this, especially being 24 years old. I I understand your 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 ability to be, you know, you're relating to the young players as well as I understand the outrage around it. Again, this morning we learned um, the Athens Clark County Police Department announced that Jalen Carter, former University of Georgia star. Uh, perceived top pick in this upcoming NFL draft will be arrested for reckless driving and racing. Do you care if players come to your team and come with off-the-field issues? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Bobby is in Boca. Bobby's on Ken Levick Alive with myself, Theo, and Stone. Bobby, uh, first off, have, have you heard, have you been able to digest this Jalen Carter news? And would that, I don't know who your favorite NFL team is, but would that want, make you not want that guy playing on your defensive line? Guys, you know, i got to be honest with you. Um, I, I played in college football. I bounced around the NFL a little bit myself. Um, then, I, and then I went on to have six children um, from the ages of 36 to, to 19. Um, 
raising kids and knowing how kids act and knowing what I did when I was that age, as, as Stone elaborated, um, you can only have compassion for the kid. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I know, like Stone said, the things that I did as a young man, <laughs> uh, it was different then. It's a little bit more, you know, there weren't as many things to get in trouble with, but racing, that's something I definitely did, man. There's no doubt. Um, and I can't, I mean, I, I'm so blessed. I've got six children that are all successful, never had a drinking or drug problem, never had a law, a legal problem. That's the, the, that's the blessing from heaven. If you know what parents go through with their children, um, and I'm just lucky, man. It's just it's an amazing thing. I have a son that's just transferred from Temple to FIU, so he's closer to home now, a mm. uh, football player himself. So, so I know what it's all about, man. But I, I have I a question, though, Bobby. You, you, you said that part of why you're – I don't want to say you're okay with what's happening with the Jalen Carter thing is, but you can relate to it because it was something that you did. So it's something that you yeah. understand why Jalen Carter might have been speeding or racing. If a player does something that you don't relate to, Maybe it's something like what Deshaun Watson or Tyreek Hill or even Brett Favre. Maybe it's one of those things. Are, are you less likely then? Is it a case by case for you? Or are you just cool yeah, with anything you know what, that happens yeah, off the you field? Know what? Yeah, you know what, bro? You're probably right in that case because I've got five daughters and one son, and what's, what what Watson was doing that's that's just not right, man. Mm. I don't know. I I I don't hold. I mean, I don't crucify the guy, but damn, he's weird. He's a weirdo. He needs help. I mean. But Bobby, just, uh, I, I mean, I, <laughs> but Bobby, ultimately, though, in the Jalen Carter instance, you feel compassion. Therefore, you would root for the young man's success going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. Thanks, Bobby, for the call. And, and that's kind of where we're, where we're getting to here is, again, you, gotta, you, you can't play everything as a, as a definite, as a, oh, this is how I always act. If anybody has any sort of red flag, I don't want them on my team. In fact, I mean, there's coaches out there that are like, I, I kind of want some. Some, some red flag guys. There's coaches out there that have been admitting that they look for certain signs off the field that would make them want to have guys on their team. Most infamously recently, the guy who every time he opens his mouth to speak, we um, it, it's always something fun that comes out of that. Deion Sanders, head coach of the, the University of Colorado Buffaloes, before he's even gotten fully integrated into uh, Colorado, before he's even uh, coached a snap of football for Colorado, he has set off a lot of alarm bells with something he said about what he looks for in kids and what he doesn't look for in kids. And it's, uh, it's a little troubling. It's troubling to me. Maybe it's a troubling to you as well. Ken Levick alive here. Theo Dorsey in for Ken. Stone Labanowitz riding until 2 p.m. with me. We're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There's no way Jalen Carter slips in the draft because of this, right? Like, there's no way that, and again, this morning we learned, there's arrest warrants out for Jalen Carter, star defensive tackle for the University of Georgia, top draft prospect, projected to go top three, top four at worst. He's being arrested for reckless driving and racing in an accident that involved his teammate and a staffer from UGA um, in a fatal accident January 15th. We'll see what happens with that. We know he will not be participating in the combine. I just saw this tweet, Stone, where you sent it to me from the Ike Packers podcast, Twitter. And they asked if Jalen Carter slips to the Packers at 15. Are you pulling the trigger? I don't think he drops that far. But more interesting, Stone... The responses, Colin Wallace, he says, I don't want somebody who possibly was culpable in multiple deaths on our team. So, no, I mean, that's something that's that's a morality play. Another guy, Brandon, player from Georgia with behavioral problems. He would fit right in. I guess I'm, I'm not sure if he's alluding to Quay Walker, a guy who I covered who doesn't, I mean, push the trainer. I don't know. Whatever. Skipper Ball. Hell No. We'll spend more time in jail than the field pass. A little harsh as well. We don't know how this will play out. We don't know how legally for Jalen Carter this will play out, but we do know how some fans feel. They don't want Jalen Carter and some teams already just off of the fact that he was arrested for reckless driving and racing and involved uh, on the same day, January 15th, that 
two of his friends passed away in a single car accident. Uh, Stone, it, it's no, there's, there's no way easy to transition off of off of that talk um, into a read, but I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best here on Ken Levick Alive. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, filling in for Ken Levick, who's out, but will be back tomorrow. Stone Labanowitz with me. And I got to ask, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit Baptist Health. Dot net, or excuse me, baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Um, an extremely, an extremely weird start to the Wednesday for us here on Ken Levick Alive. We've got Rogers news we haven't even touched on. Some huge Huge detailings of what's going on with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And, I mean, as always, there's always going to be room for us to speak about the NFL and the draft combine. It's just we didn't think we'd be talking about it in this way. One day ahead of the draft combine, Jalen Carter, um, we learned that there's a warrants out for his arrest, a guy that many teams uh, previously would have wanted on their franchise. Now, this spins into something bigger, uh, a bigger narrative that we see have has panned out in front offices and maybe even on college campuses across the board. And let's just get right to it. Deion Sanders, what, what show was he on, Stone? He was on the Rich Eisen Show. The Rich Eisen Show. Deion Sanders on the Rich Eisen Show. They were talking about how he decides which players he wants to go after. Obviously, as a college football coach, one of your main jobs is recruiting players and deciphering between who's going to be talented for you, who's going to be a waste of time. Deion Sanders lays out some things here. And and when you listen to this, I want you to think critically. I want you to listen very soundly to realize what he's actually saying. He's talking about the difference in how he recruits quarterbacks versus how he recruits players who will play in the trenches for him. And again, he's the head coach of the University of Colorado. Here's Deion Sanders on the Rich Eisen Show. Quarterbacks are different. We want... Mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm-hmm. We want that kid to be three, five, and up because he's got to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm-hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for. Uh, physical, I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. That's, again, head football coach of a Division One Power Five program, the University of Colorado Buffaloes, guy who was just coaching at Jackson State for the past three years, a historically black college and university, talking about how he chooses and looks for quarterbacks versus specifically he said defensive linemen and I think offensive linemen. Stone Labanowicz, you've gone through the recruitment process. You are the former quarterback of the Division I Salukis of Southern Illinois. That's you right. won a playoff game. Shout out to Salukes. Um, you've gone through this recruiting process. You have been judged by many of things, not just your arm strength, but your height. You've done certain things to try to compensate for each of those things so that you're recruited better you as a person that's gone through that process, is this real? Is, is what Deion Sanders saying right there facts? So it's more than real. It's more than facts, right? And if you think what he just said is blasphemy, well, you're uneducated, and nobody that you surround yourself with has gone through this because it doesn't surprise me. And the backlash that has come from him dropping that audio right there, I don't want to say it's unwarranted, but like I said, if it surprises you, you're uneducated. So for me, it worked a little differently, right? Really undersized, not your typical quarterback, right? A little under 5'10", obviously not all cut up, not shredded, no muscle definition. So a lot of the times I was told, hey, I can't bring you in as an undersized guy like this because if I bring you in and you stink, I'll lose my job. Mm. So like I felt like the hard side of things. Like I was told straight up to my face that I can't bring in a guy like you because it'll get me fired. And that's obviously not comparable to anything that Dion said, but in a sense, it is, per se, because we're all given a different set of standards, a different set of guidelines when bring, 
bought into a you know collegiate football program. So I, I think I just want to go with my first point and, and drive that one home because yes. if this surprises you, you're uneducated. If you didn't know this kind of stuff went on, you're uneducated. So you need to get with the program. You need to speak to people who have been around certain programs and guys who have recruited children from high school, kids from high school, because what Dion said is very normal. You just don't hear it in broad daylight the way that he uh, spit it out there on yeah. the Rich Eisen show. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with what Dion Sanders said. And for those of uh, there's a lot of people that think that there's a hefty racial element to it. Um, people are reading between the lines and hearing single mother and thinking, oh, immediately he's talking about, you know, you want, you know, the black kids on the defensive line and the kid that may be not black uh, playing quarterback with the two, all of that, whatever. He never mentioned race, so I don't even want to go there. Yes, he used to coach at an HBCU. I'm, I'm, we're not going into all of that conversation. Specifically, what Deion Sanders said right there is troubling to me because it feels classist and also feels a little lazy because. I would expect more from a guy like Deion Sanders who has the perspective, has the nuance in his own life, has the experience around people who have both had two parents in their household and maybe one parent in their household who have both had to struggle for everything they got and other people who maybe were spoon-fed a bit more as a child. I, I would have more respect for Deion Sanders as a leader of young men, as a talent evaluator, and as a head coach of a Power 5 football program if – he, of course, knows that a lot of these guys are using those lazy tactics to pick out who will be better at quarterback or who will fit better in a defensive line because he's gritty. He, he fights for every single inch. He'll never not show up to practice because he knows if I cut him, what is he going to go back home to? I expect more from a guy like Deion Sanders when he gets into that role and gets into that position. The fact that he says that's what I'm looking for, that's troubling to me, not the fact that it's out there because we already know that those kind of feelings, those kind of thoughts – are all around the NFL, all around college football. Why is Deion Sanders not above that? Right, and that's well said. And I think for, for me, I halt at going after Deion in the situation because he's been through it. He's experienced all of this stuff. So in a real sense, he knows what works and knows what doesn't work. But yep. the problem is, is saying it. But this goes back to what we're talking about with Jalen Carter. Like We as fans, we as media, we as, as consumers of the sport support these people without knowing what their morals are, without knowing ever what their intentions are when they make moves. Yeah. So to now when one comes out into the public for us to then pounce on it, it's almost hypocritical in a sense. It's like, hey, you supported Dion all the way up to this point, but now you've heard this and now you're hopping off the train. Well, it's on you for not knowing that this is what he thought the entire time when he was wearing a headset at Jackson State. The entire time that he was bringing kids to coaches and getting them recruited. Don't act like that wasn't happening. When Dion wasn't a coach, he was definitely a point of contact Yeah. as far as bringing kids into the college realm. Like, yeah, yeah this is the kids you want. So let's just say a coach from Arizona State, right, just a blind example, rings up Dion, knows that the kid that he's recruiting has personal ties to Dion, and he rings up the phone, and Dion picks it up and says, oh, boy, this kid's got a single mama, right? He's been struggling, free lunch, whatever quotes that he used. Like Those help that kid get recruited. Dion knows that. So then he's now adopted that way of things and now uses it in his own university at Colorado. So here's the problem, though. Can that same kid who has a single mother... So the problem isn't... And I get what you're saying. And, and the real reason why... Let's, let's just keep it frank. The real reason why college football coaches and even NFL GMs and scouts and coaches want kids who have been through a ringer, who have been through a struggle, maybe don't have the most secure family system at home and don't have much to go back to is, is because that gives them more control. That's all this is. It's all about power for them because they know if this guy comes into my locker room and, and we got to go through training camp and we got to go through two-a-days and we got to go through these practices and these games and I need him to give it his all every single time out. This kid's got no choice. I don't have to be a good motivator. I'm lazy. I don't have to motivate this kid because he's motivated by the very fact that he can't go back home to the same thing that a kid whose parents are hedge fund managers and they've got millions of dollars they're sitting on because they think that you can't come from that kind of household and be as hungry as the kid who comes from the household where maybe it's not as much back at the crib. That's why they want that. Here's the problem I have, though, Stone. Can that same kid who has a single mother or even a single father or comes from a less advantageous background, why, why can't he be a quarterback? 
And that's what Deion Sanders said there. He said, when I want a quarterback, I'm looking for two parents. I'm looking for yada, yada. I forget all the other stuff, but he made sure to say he needs to have two parents in the household. If you're Deion Sanders and you're really supposed to be as knowledgeable and good at the game of football as you say you are, and you're supposed to be a motivator and a leader, you think that you can't work with a kid at quarterback because he doesn't have two parents in his household is downright disrespectful. Let me flip the script on you real quick. So let's talk about this D lineman who now is in a college locker room. Single mom on free lunch could hate to use those quotes, but we're talking about it's Deion. It's here. what Deion Sanders said. It's what Deion Sanders said. You said that it is lazy from a coach's perspective, knowing that he doesn't have to coach this kid, or now that he has control, is yeah. what you said. Let me flip the script on you. Well, this kid, this 20-year-old kid, who struggled to get where he's at right now and is now in position to play for somebody's team doesn't need a coach's motivation because he's starving. Yeah, Like Dion said, he's the rescue mama. Well, when you wake up in the morning and show up to workouts, who's there at 5.30 for the 6 a.m. lift? It's the kid who's starving, who is trying to rescue mama. This is from an X's and O's standpoint. You don't have to worry about him because he'll always be motivated. His goal is to get to the NFL and get a big, big, big boy paycheck. Yeah, He doesn't need to be motivated. He's got his all priorities in check. So let's talk about the kid who did have a 3-5. Why can't he play quarterback, though? That's my only question. That kid that's so motivated, the same reasons why you want him at your, in your trenches or any other position, play, why can't that same kid be just as motivated and play quarterback? It's because— You're asking me this as if you don't know the answer yeah, well, to it, it. And that's the problem. Therein lies the problem of what we, Deion Sanders said. They want a poster boy. Yes. This is what they want. They want somebody that's clean, that's crisp, like a Stetson Bennett. Right? They want that yeah. other side of motivational thing. A kid who's had a mother and a father and who's been a walk-on and who has had to do it for the, air quotes here, trenches, just a different kind of trench in this case. So you want to post your child at quarterback, a guy who's never going to be in the headlines, never going to get you in trouble, who's got straight teeth and got a good smile and speaks really well. We know yeah. the answer to this. I'm yeah. just saying from an X's and O standpoint, Dion's not wrong because with these kids who have struggled and are trying to rescue their mother... They don't need to be motivated. They're not the ones staying up till 2 in the morning Snapchatting two, three different girls and who, who don't have their priorities lined up. Yeah. This kid's not worried about Snapchatting the shorties. You can do, He's both. Not, you can do both now. Hold on, kids. Don't listen to Stone. Uh, well, Snapchat the shorties, baby. Don't, 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 don't pump the brakes on that if you're single. If you're single. Yeah, of course, if you're single, they're great advice from us. But if you're the kid who's starving and trying to rescue mama, you're probably not up at 2 in the morning Snapchatting these different girls, right? You have your priorities in check. Yeah. You know what your ultimate prize is, and that is to get the big boy paycheck and ultimately get drafted by an NFL organization. So when you really get down to the nitty-gritty, what Deion Sanders said was very accurate. Just on face value, it just knocks people off their feet. It, it knocks people off their feet. It also forces some people into telling what I believe to be lies. What I, to be, I believe to be bold-faced lies. And who better else to, to take what Deion Sanders said and then create a story purely out of his own imagination than the one and only Emmanuel Acho of Fox Sports. We're going to tell you or we're going to play for you what Emmanuel Acho said happened to him in the draft process. Again, draft combine starts tomorrow. A huge day for all of these prospective NFL players. Emmanuel Acho, what he said happened to him in the draft prospect or draft combine, which to me, I'm, I'm incredulous. But Stone Labanowitz, he believes him. I, I just plainly don't. I plainly don't. I think he's fabricating it all. We'll get to that and more on Ken Levick Alive when we come back. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Uh, one more, one more time, Stone. Uh, how, how do you uh, refer to punching down as? What's, what's punching down? When you punch down to somebody, you just reach, reach down. <laughs> it's not that you're stooping down to their level. Yeah, you're just leaning down to punch them. <laughs> so you've not dropped yeah. to somebody's level. You're just reaching down to make sure that they know they're below you. <laughs> that is Stone's definition of punching down. You stay on your level. You just reach down and punch. That's it. Just reach down and punch. Uh, never punching down are our good partners uh, in Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Do you or a loved one suffer from snoring? Dr. Neil Goldhaber has been treating ear, nose, and throat patients in Florida for over 20 years. In addition to being the nasal and sinus expert, he also treats patients with snoring 
and sleep apnea. Located in Boynton Beach, Dr. Goldhaber's state-of-the-art office, well, that procedures, they also help improve breathing and nasal symptoms. Schedule an appointment so you can breathe better today and sleep better tonight. Visit goldhaberscience.com or call 561-734-3636. It is the day before the NFL Draft Combine. The big story of today is centered around University of Georgia star defensive lineman Jalen Carter, who is going to be arrested. Athens Clark, Athens Clark County Police Department announced today that they're arresting Jalen Carter for reckless driving and racing, all tied to that January 15th crash that saw two University of Georgia figures pass, one an offensive lineman, the other a staffer. Jalen Carter, again, to be arrested a day ahead of the uh, NFL Draft Combine officially kicking off. Stone, what Deion Sanders said about character, about how your household makeup is, and that's how I decide what position you can play for me, to me still troubling because and how about we let's listen back to it again. Deion Sanders on the Rich Eisen show talking about how he delineates between defensive linemen and quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are different. Yeah. We want mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm-hmm. We want that kid to be three, five and up because he's got to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm-hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for. Uh, physical, I mean, offensive lineman, defensive lineman is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's Deion Sanders, uh, class act. I mean, he's keeping it real. He is keeping it real because that's how a lot of people think. It's just I would have hoped that he held himself to a higher standard and he was actually putting on his talent evaluator cap and not just looking up and down people's family trees. But that sparked this, Stone Lebanowitz. Emmanuel Acho, who of Fox Sports, I think, what's the show called? Just Speak? Who cares? It's called Speak, I believe. That's what it is. Yeah, whatever. Emmanuel Acho, Fox Sports, he hopped on, what was this, TikTok? This was just Twitter. He just put out Twitter. a video to Twitter. Okay, so his response to Deion Sanders saying this was him completely kind of just coming up with something out of thin air. Here it is right here. Deion Sanders is wild. Did y'all hear what he said? He said when he recruits a quarterback, he wants them to come from a two-point parent home, good decision makers. But when he recruits a D-lineman, he wants them single mamas, free lunch type. That sounds crazy on face value. Let me tell you all a story. I was coming out of college, NFL Combine. You meet with 32 billionaires. I'm sitting with a certain team. I will not tell you the team. I'll just say they are a South region-based football team. The general manager, he says, Emmanuel, you you, you come from a two-parent home, right? I'm like, yes, sir, I, I do. Uh, Dad's a, has his PhD in psychology. My mom is working on her doctorate in nurse practitioning. He says, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? I said, well, you know, the hardest thing I've ever been through is probably trying to live a life above reproach, just trying to stay consistent with my character each and every day. Oh, really? He said, anybody ever been shot? I said, no, sir, I don't know anybody anybody <laughs> ever been shot. Grandma's still alive, parents still alive. He looks at me, he says, you're not a great fit for our team. You'll be a great leader one day. Wish you much success, but you're not a great fit here. Essentially, he was saying my life had been too good uh, for them to want to draft me. They obviously did not draft me. He got fired a few years later. So what Dion said, teams definitely think college or pro, but it's the first time I've ever heard it said out loud. Again, Samuel Acho talking about what he claims to have been his draft combine experience. Stone Labanowitz, you believe him. Why? <sighs> this one's tough here. It's a loaded, loaded question as far <laughs> as to why I believe him. I do believe everything that he said. We've had this discussion. I think where it goes awry is his wording as if the words that he said were actually said. So I, but it's when what I, he said. I understand, but when I listened, I immediately went to Acho's paraphrasing here. The, the, the guy, after he heard that Emmanuel had not known anybody that was shot, that his grandmother's still <laughs> alive, on. was not a good fit for the team. I obviously don't think that necessarily was said. Thing, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But he's paraphrasing, he's putting it across. I also replied to you when discussing this. That is a really, really, really bold story to make up and put out there for millions to see. Is it bold? Because here's the reason why I don't think it's that bold. Number one, 
He did the thing that people do when they're lying, where they give a little bit of information, a little bit of detail that's not consequential to the story, but makes it feel like they're withholding the actual information. He says it was an NFL team in the South region. Okay. Okay, Emmanuel Acho. Yeah, an NFL team in the South region. So he's going after um, essentially yeah. what, white people? Like, no. I mean, what's well, he no, doing no. there? What I'm saying is he, he kept it general. There's like 15 teams in the South in the NFL. He's, but it sounds like he's giving a hint. There's an NFL team in the South region. During the combine, I sat down <laughs> with a GM. Uh, Stone, do you remember how far down Emmanuel Acho was drafted? <laughs> I have no clue. Emmanuel Acho was drafted in the sixth round with the 204th pick out of the University of Texas. Emmanuel Acho was not a guy that was projected as a top 15, top 20 pick, not even a, a second-day guy. He was a last-day guy, which all credit to him, really good football of player. Of course. He got drafted, whatever, all of those you know, things you have to say to clarify when you're about to really disrespect somebody. NFL GMs are not <laughs> – you want me to believe that this GM, Emmanuel Acho, marginal at best NFL player <laughs> – he sat in front of Emmanuel Acho, and he was that blunt with him and told him, because you have two parents, not because your 40-yard dash time was like a 4-8, because you have two parents, not because you can't get off the line as fast as this other guy, but because you're, you're going to be such a successful leader, you won't be good for my team, and I'm not drafting you. And then, here's where I knew it was a lie, Stone. Here's where I knew it was a lie, when he said, oh, and that GM got fired a couple years later. It's it's. So obviously a thrust myself up. I'm Emmanuel Acho. He didn't believe, and that's why he got fired. It's so fake. Every part of that story felt fake to me. So very similar to when LaShawn McCoy goes after Eric Bieniemy. LaShawn McCoy is only speaking up because he got benched by yes. Eric Bieniemy. So there's a little bit of spite there in Emmanuel Acho and what he had to say. I hear you loud and clear there, but what I really think happened, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. Social media, here's what happens. Yeah. You're going to take that and go after Emmanuel for what he said, but there's always the underlying stuff. Don't just listen and react. What I think really happened here is this NFL GM sat there in front of him, and instead of saying, your life's too good for us. That's Emmanuel paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah, what he no really he said, said was, boy, you are impressive, Emmanuel. Everything that you've told me, I think you're going to be a great leader of men. I cannot wait to see what you do in your future, Yeah, but I don't think you're cut out for this team. And so Emmanuel took that and kind of, digested it. What did he really came mean? Came to his own conclusion. Yeah, he came to his own conclusion and said, okay, this GM thinks my life was too good. And then that's what Come he put on. out. Of the, so yeah. just, just just don't go th- with what his words are. I think that's the problem with social media in general. Yeah. So he, But that's what he was alluding to. He wants us to think that that GM didn't pick him because he had two parents and because they were like doctoral candidates and because his life was so easy. Like he wants us to believe he was privileged. And that's why he didn't get his, he wasn't a fourth round or a third round pick when in reality, he didn't have staying power in the league anyways. I think he played like a dozen games. So I think this is on you, Thea. <laughs> I think you so kind of fell into the trap here. No, I didn't. Like, you let he's Emmanuel Acho fool you. He's a liar. But for me, when I watch it, I know he's a liar. Yes. But I'm like, hey, what's he really saying here, right? I'm not going to go after this guy for the words that he used. What's he really mean? Okay. You're so, right. And I think we uh, more of us need to do that. I'm yeah. not saying I do that all the time. No. But more of us need to do that when reading something on social media. I'll, I'll give him this this much. He's capping. I'll give him this much. I do know that that sentiment is out there with NFL GMs. Right. And it's possible. It just didn't happen to him. He's Emmanuel Acho. He's not <laughs> Jalen Carter. We're going to come back. That's the story of the day. Jalen Carter, a warrant out for his arrest. NFL uh, prospect here. Top three, top four prospect. And we'll see what happens with his draft stock. Combines tomorrow. He's still on the bandwidth. I'm Theo Dorsey. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3.